Yeah, it's rewind time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first official episode of Rewind Time. And I, I put a pilot of this on YouTube to see people like it, and they did. So here we go. I had fun with it. Sorry, guys. Something just fell because I'm haunted. Apparently, um, <laughs> off to a great start. So I figured, what better way to start this podcast than I guess an introduction? I've never really done a podcast. Obviously, I mean, I've tried multiple times, but this is the first official one, so I feel like I gotta start it out right. I've only got about an hour of memory on my SD card, so this might not be the longest episode, but I'm gonna start with an introduction just to who I am and what this podcast would be. Basically, if you're listening to this on YouTube, you probably already know who I am. Uh, if you're subscribed to me, if you're listening to this anywhere else, then you probably don't. Basically, I'm a teenager, and I'm a filmmaker, and the reason this podcast kind of came about is because I'm into old movies, old video games, anything from silent films to Atari video games, or just old stuff in general, and whenever I try to explain that to people, they always just seem so fascinated by the fact I'm interested in something I didn't grow up with, so I just a podcast where I talk about it sounded like a good idea. And to the people who are like me, because I've found recently there's some other people my age that are into the same stuff, and they feel the same way, where it's like, why do people care about <laughs> what I like? But who, who knows, maybe they'll relate to this, or I don't know. Or maybe you don't care about me, and you just want to hear people talk about old movies and video games. That's fine, too. But <laughs> I think this is going to be fun. I'm a big podcast listener. I always have headphones on listening to something. So, it's good to finally be making one. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, like I said before. I make short films that are basically, if I think it should exist and it doesn't, I'll make it exist. Normally, it's horror or comedy or both. Some examples of stuff I've done is Dr. Phil the Movie. That's my most recent upload and probably one of my best. It's a horror movie about Dr. Phil. I don't know what else you need to know about that. If you like this podcast and you're interested in old movies, then a video is Public Domainia. That's one that I did. It's a review of an old public domain horror movie called The Gorilla with some skits thrown in. So that's some stuff you can watch other than this, but that's not what we're here for. We are here for a podcast. We are here for the audios. So basically, the length of these episodes are going to be anywhere from 30 minutes to however long I want. <laughs> I don't know how long this one's going to be, like I said, but you guys will know, obviously. And I've got some topics to go over. And just to start, since you guys, probably most of you don't know me, I figured I'd do something a little special, in that we'll do a little, we'll do a little getting to know each other. I decided I would make a list, just for the fun of it, of my top ten favorite movies. And I guess I just... I thought it'd be a good idea to read it out. I mean, I wasn't expecting to do anything with this. But hopefully I won't, don't spend too long on this so I can get to the actual stories to talk about. Okay, on with the list. So this was hard for me. And this list can change depending on the day. In fact, I'm still not sure of it because it's just so hard for me to pick my ten favorites. But I'm going to start off with some honorable mentions. First one... The Bucket List. 
it's a movie about um, Jack Nicholson, there we go, <laughs> and Morgan Freeman completing their bucket list. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. It doesn't sound too interesting, but it is. The only reason I didn't put this on my top ten list is because I just watched it days ago. I mean, I watched it before that, but I fell asleep for most of it. But just because it was such a recent watch, I feel like I still need more time to process it before I say that it's on my favorites list, but it's definitely really good. It's underrated, too. I've never heard of it until it was on TV one day, but maybe that's just me. Another one, Angry Video Game Nerd the Movie. This one I feel like I couldn't rank amongst movies, other movies, because it's kind of in a league of its own. It's so unique. I don't know how to even explain it. I think this movie is made for people who are big fans of the nerd, which is a web series if you guys don't know, and Video Game Nerd, and who are big fans of the type of movies the director James Rolfe is. Because there's so many things about it that just make it different than anything else. It uses practical effects. It uses sometimes purposefully bad effects. Makes a lot of references to Godzilla and old movies like that. It's got a unique comedy sense that only the nerd would have. It just it'd feel weird comparing it to all these other movies I have on here. And then I, I feel like do I have one more honorable mention? Yeah, Jaws. I don't know why I didn't put this on there. This is one of those movies where it's like, depending on the day, it might be on there. But when I wrote this list, it wasn't. There is just... The number 10... This is number 11 movie, but number 10 I just liked a little bit more. And number 10 is... The Big Lebowski. This movie... I've seen it twice in a short period of time. And I already feel like I could watch it again. It, man, I don't even know how to explain this movie either. It starts off because some guys break into a guy named the Dude's House, whose real name is Lebowski, and they think he's another guy named Lebowski, so they pee on his rug. And this whole movie starts because he wants to get a new rug. And there's kidnapping, and it's it's a weird comedy. <laughs> it's weird comedy action. It's just funny. And it's, it's one of those movies that's just so quotable that you'll always have something stuck in your head. And the dude is just such a noteworthy character in the film history just because he's so non-caring. And like I said, he's probably the most quotable thing in the whole movie. I mean, you can walk into a crowd and just go, The dude minds, man! Someone's gonna know what you're talking about. The rest of the people are going to look at you like you're crazy, but most people are going to know what you're talking about. And there's just... It's about bowling and... <laughs> there's so many side plots and just things that make it stand out, and I love it. Number nine. I'm having to find these movies. I wrote them on the letterbox. And I'm skipping over it for some reason. Mm. The Shining. This... Pretty sure it was my first horror movie. I'm trying to think if Cujo came first or if it was The Shining. It was The Shining. Okay. Shining is Stanley Kubrick at his finest. 
um, it has the same kind of vibe as Clockwork Orange, where everything's dreamy and just colorful, vivid. It's got a weird atmosphere to it, and it's really good. It's, I feel like, if you're gonna watch a horror movie, this is the one. Even someone, I feel like, who isn't normally, they say, oh, I don't like scary movies. This one's not that bad. So I feel like anyone would like it. It's got a good plot. It's pretty long, but all of it's worth it. And you just witness a guy's descent into madness, and it's things like that. Where he starts off a bit of a weird dude, but still normal. And you just see him slowly go downhill. It's something that, it's just timeless. And even though it was made in 1980, it doesn't seem like it. There's no technology shown or anything, so... To someone, if for some reason they don't like older movies, then this is one where it could be made in any year, really. Sorry, guys. Looking for what I put is number eight. Mm, number eight. Jackass 2. So, any of these movies could have been on here... Jackass 2, I don't specifically remember why for any reason, but when I watched it, I just thought, yeah, this one is the best. <laughs> I don't remember why I thought it was the best, but just, you can put any one of those movies here, and it'd be just fine. It's just such a funny movie series. It's definitely unique, and I almost just put it as an honorable mention, like Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> I had to put it on here. It's one of the funniest things out there. And even though it's obviously more extreme than anything any normal person would do, it's just a bunch of friends having fun, and I think it's relatable in that sense. Like, I mean, obviously we're not going to be building giant rockets with mini rockets inside of them and then trying to ride it, but everyone's done just... It, it gives you a friend, friend vibe. I don't know how else to explain it, but you've, it's just people having fun. And it kind of rubs off on you like it, it makes you feel like you're having fun when you're watching the movie. Definitely. Something. <laughs> I don't know. It's just. I'm trying to think of a good stunt from this movie to describe. But since this is going up on YouTube and they really don't like that kind of stuff. I'm going to not. <laughs> But if you haven't seen any of those movies, and, well, this is one of those movies where you might want to, might want to, if you're a parent listening to this, maybe give it a look. But I definitely think you should watch it, as I do all of these movies. Ooh, okay. Seven, Scream. This movie, I think, the fourth, well, the series, I think the fourth movie lacked a little bit, but I think it's a perfect series. It's one of those perfect series. And the first one is the best. It's just another one of those movies where, like The Shining, it's a horror movie I feel like anyone would like, and no matter how many times you watch it, you're still gonna love it. Um, <laughs> and it was fun watching this with friends, because I watched it with a bunch of my friends. And they were, I had already seen it, as long as... As well as one of my other friends. But it's funny trying to see everyone guess who's going to be the killer. Because there's so many different suspects. And you know I love the twist at the end. It's 
It's perfect. And if you like other horror movies that they make reference to, then you're going to love this too, even more. I mean, you don't have to watch all these classic horror movies to love it, but you're going to definitely get some more references to it. Mmm, that's some nice water. Okay. Number six, Ghostbusters. Although this isn't my favorite movie, it's definitely one that I have, like, I don't know, the most nerdy for? I don't know how to say it, but basically, if I see Ghostbusters, I love it. Like, I have a shelf I'm looking at right now that's just Ghostbusters stuff. Even, like it's like I said, even though it's not my favorite, I just I love all the characters. I love the plot. It's creative. It's original. It's got a plot that is just. I'm trying not to say unique again because I keep saying it for all these movies, but it's not like you're just you love it. There's no one who doesn't like Ghostbusters unless they haven't seen it. But then when they're gonna see it, they're gonna love it. Stay Puft is a funny villain for the little time he's on. Just the fact that he's a giant marshmallow. All the characters are likable. It's funny. There's action. There's ghosts. It's just an overall solid movie. It's one of those movies where I've watched it recently. So I don't have it on this list because I have that many memories for it. But I have it on here just because it's such a great movie. <laughs> I can watch it over and over and I'm still going to love it. Ghostbusters 2, I think, is also really good. A lot of people don't agree with me, though. I'm getting a drink as I find the other movies, too. That's the thing about podcasts is if you don't have someone else to talk while you get a drink break, then you just you get dry quick in your throat. Okay. This movie, I have a lot of good memories with just because I watched it when I was little. Young Frankenstein. I like it a lot more now that I've seen the original Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. It's funny. Mel Brooks, I love Mel Brooks type comedy. His movies aren't really for everyone, but to the people that they are for, they're great. I mean, he's got very obvious, kind of sarcastic best I could describe it as visual puns in his movies and when I first watched this movie I hadn't seen the original Frankenstein and I still loved it and now that I have seen the original in Bride of Frankenstein I'm like oh I see why they got the old man here the blind man so either way I think you're gonna like it it isn't black and white and I know some people have a strange hatred for black and white movies but their opinion doesn't matter Okay, next. Okay, this one I think is the oldest movie on this list. The original King Kong. This one I have good memories with. Watched it when I was in second grade. Once again, it's just a great movie. Even though it has stop motion, black and white, pretty bad effects. They were amazing for the time because the filmmakers were literally making up techniques as they were going along. A lot of the stuff that they used didn't exist at the time, so they had to make it. And it's really inspiring to me as someone who wants to be a filmmaker, too, because it's 
there's not that much inventiveness going on, if that's even a word. They were truly pioneers. But besides the fact, like, you know, the movie could be historically the most important thing ever, but it could be a bad movie. But this one is historically important. I have good memories for it. And it is an amazing movie with a good plot. And it's got dinosaurs and a giant gorilla. Like, I don't care how bad the effects are. That's just cool. <laughs> but there's one monster that I like better than King Kong. That's Godzilla. Or Ghidorah. I like Ghidorah too. But I have the original Godzilla. Shin Godzilla. The 2016 one. Can also be on here. They're kind of too similar. I mean too different to call Shin Godzilla a remake. But it's also too similar to call its own thing. I guess you can pair those. Uh, my, the best version of this movie is the Japanese one. But I also like the American a lot too. The thing with the Jap the American movie, if you don't know this, is that it's basically the same movie with two different perspectives. And Godzilla was a, shim a symbol of Hiroshima and, like, the effects on Japan. So there's some things in the original Japanese movie, like, whenever Godzilla's in the movie, in the water, then all the fish die. Which was something that happened because of the radiation in Hiroshima. That was cut out in the American version for obvious reasons. And this movie is more about a scientist who creates a weapon that he doesn't want the public to get. And it's kind of through his perspective as well as some other people. But the American version is more from the perspective of an American news reporter who's going to Japan. I feel like I like the Japanese version better because in the American one, the American reporter is just kind of there to be like, look, we have an American in this movie. And he just kind of narrates over the movie and describes what's happening. I mean, it's still a great movie, but if you don't want to, if you can sit through watching subtitles, which I can, then definitely go for the Japanese one. It's a lot darker. There's some really dark themes to it. And there's some stuff that was cut out of the American one. Number two, another Mel Brooks movie. Um, out of the three Mel Brooks movies I've seen, this is the best one. Spaceballs. What is there not to love about Spaceballs? Like I said, it's not for everyone, but for the people who do like this kind of humor, it's perfect. Um... <laughs> There's so many jokes. Like, I'm pretty sure I make a joke from this movie daily. It's just... It's perfect. It's the... In my opinion, the funniest movie. I... I it's great. It's great. I'm just smiling right now because the movie... I watched it, I think, in third grade. Um, I watch it all the time. I watch it whenever it's on TV, which is never. I have the VHS that says Spaceballs, the video... I lost my shirt, but I did have a Spaceballs the t-shirt. That that joke is good. It's has similar humor to Young Frankenstein, obviously. But I think this just perfects it. If you're a fan of Star Wars, or you don't even have to be a fan of Star Wars. I think I watched this before I watched Star Wars. If you're just a fan of sci-fi in general, this parodies every movie. It parodies... 
Wizard of Oz for some reason, Aliens, Star Wars. It's just so amazing. There's so many great gags that just anyone, even if you don't like the movie, like there's some jokes that you just can't help but laugh at. Like, all, just the names of the characters, Darth Helmet, Barf, Yogurt, <laughs> the Schwartz instead of the Force. Some of my favorite jokes are the one where they ask Yogurt, well, what have you been doing here for all these years? And he says, Moichendizing! And then he's got, just a, opens up a shop that has Spaceballs the t-shirt, Spaceballs the flamethrower! And it's just stuff that has the word Spaceballs on it. <laughs> it's so funny. They drink cans of salt-free air. Well, not drink, I guess they inhale it. I don't know what they do. But it's funny. I don't know what to say other than it's funny. You need to watch it. I don't care who you are listening to this. I'm talking to you, Steve, Carl, Sheen. Okay, you're listening to this right now. Watch it. I'm going to find every person one day. That has, Okay, I'm, I'm done. Moving on to the next one. Or should I say next two? I know, I know. Supposed to be top ten, but I had a tie for number one because <laughs> I just can't pick my favorite movie. And like I said, it depends on when you ask me. But I'll start with this one, Science of the Lambs. This movie is perfect. The camera work, the acting, the story, the script, everything about this movie I think is perfect. Now, a lot of people don't agree with me. Some people just find it kind of cheesy or whatever, but I seriously think that it's perfect. Uh, it's a horror movie, despite what people say. It won an Oscar, so it's a crime thriller, but it's a horror movie. They just don't want to admit that. Everything about it is just interesting. It's about... Well, I should have been giving a plot description for all these movies, but... It's about an FBI agent in training who gets put on a case for a serial killer, but the one person who might know anything about it is a cannibal who is already in jail, and she has to talk to the cannibal to get information out of them. And the dialogue between Hannibal specifically and Clarice is just... It's well written, it makes you intrigued, you never know what Hannibal's gonna say. The villains are interesting... I normally don't... I don't get scared by movies. I think there's only been, like... Well, The Babadook. That was the only movie I've ever turned off. Because I'm like, okay, I'm in the dark. It's late at night. I shouldn't. But this movie... Most people, whenever I say that, like, my favorite movie is Science of the Lambs... They just... Oh, you watch that? I can't... That, that was so creepy. So this one's definitely... If you don't like horror movies, you're probably not going to like this one. It's hard for me to say what movies are going to be okay for non-horror fans to watch just because I don't get scared by any of it. But what, from what people tell me, this one's pretty scary. So, that one, I, I just, I love it. And this one, which I love just as much, like I said, depending on the day, if you ask me, I'll say this one's my favorite instead of Science of the Lambs, The Disaster Artist. This one isn't a documentary but a movie about some a real event 
I, I don't know what else how to describe it, but it's the story of the making of a movie called The Room. And if you don't know what The Room is, it is what most people call the best, worst movie ever made. It is so bad that you will laugh throughout the entire thing. And this movie is the equally funny and just weird story of how it was made. It is written, it's based off the book written by the, one of the main stars of the movie of The Room, Craig Sestero. He plays Mark in The Room. So it's coming straight from one of the guys himself. And it's mainly focused about his friendship with Tommy Wiseau. Tommy Wiseau, whatever I say Wiseau. I don't even think he knows what it's called anymore. <laughs> but it's based around their friendship mostly. And it's both inspiring because they make a promise that they're going to make it in Hollywood. And they do, so it's inspiring in that sense. But they also made it in Hollywood by making a terrible movie. <laughs> so, I don't know whether to feel inspired or what, but I love it. It's funny. It's it's kind of a feel-good movie about friendship at times. It's just, it's kind of a little bit of every genre in there. So I feel like anyone would end up liking this, even if you're not a film geek like me. What is beeping? Am I crazy? Is that being picked up by the microphone? I think my I think that's just my ear. That's really loud. Okay. So I'll be deaf next podcast, but I'll see if I can make it. Strange. Strange how that happens. Anyway. I am going to move on. With my ringing ear. So next topic is a video game topic. Nice nice contrast. I'll try to have an equal amount of video game and movie topics. In the pilot episode of this podcast, which is a YouTube exclusive for now. Maybe I'll change my mind. I talk about how... I was given a Capcom bowling arcade machine that had a non-working main board, and I was going to replace it with a Windows 10 PC and make it an emulation machine. So, I've got some updates on that. <laughs> Most of which are kind of good, kind of not. So, the wood at the bottom of the machine was just completely rotten, it was falling apart. So I used what's called Bondo, which is like a wood filler, to repair that. It looks great! I painted it, I painted it all black. I plan on making it a Polybius machine, which Polybius is a urban legend about a video game that killed people. An arcade that killed people. So I plan on making it a Polybius machine. But we had a bit of a bump in the road. The monitor, which was a 19 inch vertical monitor. I had a guy, my dad has a friend who's an electrician. And he knows about everything. And it looked like there's a speaker hanging down in the cabinet. And while he was here, I just said, hey, why is that speaker hanging down? And turns out it's not a speaker. It was the back of the monitor. And this isn't something fixable. It was completely destroyed. The back of the tube had just been completely the glass broken. 
somehow this didn't implode, which normally happens in these situations, but if it did, that'd be terrible. And these things are super dangerous, so I don't know how to get rid of it. But that was, that was a bit rough, trying to figure out what to do now, because these monitors cost hundreds, and people don't ship them because they weigh too much. So, that brings me to the update, which is that I think I figured out how to fix this. Basically, I was watching videos. This was before I got the arcade. This was just, I don't know how I ended up on it. It was a guy who RGB modded his CRT TV. Basically, in Europe, CRT TVs, which I'll just call box TV from now on, had this plug in the back called SCART, which was basically like VGA, but bigger. It was RGB, and it had a lot better picture than component that we had in the US. And if you modify a TV to have SCART, which is hard, but I could probably figure it out. If you modify a TV to have that, it will look just as good as an arcade monitor. So I did some research to find TVs that I know is a fact people have done this modification on and that I know will work. And my cabinet can fit up to a 20 inch screen. So I did some research and I only found one 20 inch TV that would work for this mod. And the odds of me finding this TV in the wild would be really hard to find because out of all the TVs in the world, how am I going to find this one model? Well, I did that! <laughs> I found the TV. So, I'm going to do a video on this for my YouTube channel of me modding the TV and the rest of the arcade uh, restoration, build, whatever. So, I'm super, that's just an update. I found a screen that will work. And in the long run, this is going to be better because it's an inch bigger and it's 4x3 instead of vertical. So, in the end, it'll be good, but it's going to be a lot more work in... I guess it's kind of the same amount of money because I don't have to buy a J-Pack now. But it's a blessing in disguise, I guess, but that's considering the hope that this monitor doesn't kill me on the ride to taking it to somewhere to get it disposed. Because <laughs> these things, if they got electricity built up in them and gas. and whew. Like I said, I'm surprised it didn't implode when the glass broke in the back. Um, what next? I'm just looking through my topics to see what do I think you guys want to hear. I guess... You know what? I'll talk about... Scary Movie and Scary Movie 4. Okay, this was a topic I wanted to write down. A lot of people either say that Scary Movie is the only good one, the original, or that none of the Scary Movies are good at all. If you don't know, these movies are parodies of horror movies. So, I've seen the fourth one, and I've seen the first one now. Are they bad movies? Now, the first one, I watched after seeing 4. I watched it just recently. It started off a little unfunny to me, like the jokes just weren't hitting, but it became pretty funny as it went on. So I definitely think this is the better one. But 
Scary Movie 4 is, like, universally hated by everyone. It's a fact that no one likes it except me. I love this movie. Like, Scary Movie 4 was hilarious to me. I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but I liked it. <laughs> the beginning scene with Dr. Phil and Check. Ooh, that is... That's comedy gold. I watch that at least once a month. Um... I feel like if you put Dr. Phil in any movie, it's going to immediately be funny because he's Dr. Phil. You know what I mean? He's, he just, he brings this aura of, it's Dr. Phil, so it's funny. Maybe I'm the only one thinking that, but I don't, unless, I have two on DVD, I need to watch that. Unless two, three, and five are just that bad. I don't see why everyone hates them. One was mostly a parody of Scream, and like I said earlier, I love Scream. So I found that one pretty funny. <laughs> I like the killer, I like all the characters. Scary Movie 4. I don't know what movie it was making fun of. I know, Well, I know the movie, I just can't think of it right now. I've never seen it. Maybe it'll be even funnier when I watch that one. I don't know, but it's not. I've seen it twice. I don't know that I need to see it again. I just, I just don't get why people hate it that much. It's not like the comedy of the ages, but it's also not terrible. There are some jokes that aren't that good, but I don't know. I, was, I thought I could drag this topic out more, but I can't. Next. Uh, okay, this is one... This is one of those things where when I tell people I like it, they're like, well, you didn't... Why does this kid like this old stuff? 8mm film. This will be... This is kind of my experience with buying 8mm film in Super 8 film. I actually really like to watch these movies, movies on film. Not just home movies, but like older movies. There are these reels released that are like 3 minutes, 15 seconds-ish that are the best moments or just the most important moments of a full movie. Sometimes they were complete movies, Sometimes they have sound, sometimes they have color, it depends, sometimes they're cartoons. But the thing about film is there's something about watching a film on film that is right. <laughs> the colors look great. If it's in black and white, the black and white looks great? Question mark? But the colors look great because digital replicates what it sees. Film actually, it is what it sees. It's taking light and putting it onto celluloid. So it just, to me, it looks better. Pause for a second. Um, the thing with this is that it's not for everyone. It's just kind of a weird thing that I like, and I feel like some other people enjoy too, which is why I want to talk about buying it today. Now, when you're looking for film itself, Make sure the holes aren't chewed up. That's all you need to know. If the holes are chewed up, it's not going to play. The sprocket holes on the side, 
Sometimes there's sound there, so if they're chewed up, it messes with the sound. But it's going to get jammed real quick. But it's not going to get jammed, or it's not going to play at all, unless you have a projector to play it on. This has been complete torture to keep a projector working for more than five minutes. The first projector I got was, it had been in my family, I don't know who's had it throughout the years. Basically, if you're going to get one, if at all possible, make sure that it has metal parts inside. This one was run by a plastic or rubber, I still can't tell, gear that had just rotted over time and shattered. If you get metal, it's probably going to hold up better. But there's no way to buy replacement parts for these. Other than belts and bulbs, there's not parts being sold. And there is... If it's like this one, it was a Kodak M95 that the gear broke. I don't... It really surprised me if there's more than just a few projectors left that use these rubber gears. Because over time, it's like it's not going to last. And the next projector I bought was a Ward's 818... Drop my phone charger. Ward's 818 projector. This thing looks amazing, so I still have it because I have it on my shelf right next to my camera and all that. Um, <laughs> I love it. It's got gold and red, and it, it would have been a perfect projector because it has all these great features. But it doesn't just have one of these rubber gears. It has four, and all of them are shattered. And this one, it just took shipping to break it. Because the person sent me a video of it working the day before I bought it. So it must have happened in the mail. Because when I opened the box, the gears were just crumbled up in it. And like I said, there's just no way to find replacement parts for these. So once they're done, they're done. Third one I bought, it works. <laughs> Kodak M67. I love this one. It's all metal. The bulb went out on it. That's the only reason I don't use it. That's another thing. If you're going to buy one of these projectors, find out what kind of bulb it uses. Because sometimes if the bulb burns out, it's more expensive to buy a new bulb than to just buy a new projector. This one, the bulb was only around $20. But when I was researching projectors, there was a projector I was going to get for, I think, $60. And I looked it up. And once that 15-hour bulb burns out, it's going to be like 150 bucks to get a new bulb. So it's just pointless. These bulbs only last around 15 to 30 hours, so it's not like it's going to last you a lifetime. Now, there's some custom bulbs out there that last longer, but they're custom-made. Just They're just that. They're not made by Kodak or anything, so I don't know how trustworthy they are. The next projector I got, I think it's called the Jure 747. It worked great, and... It was perfect. It had all these great features. It had speed rewind and you can zoom in. And I took it to my grandma's house so I could show her all these video, all these films of the family from 60s and 70s, which we had been planning for months. And then it stopped working. I don't know what's wrong with it now. Maybe the motor, which in some cases the motor can be replaced. But now the spools are barely spinning. And 
now <laughs> that is my third projector can I count yeah I think it's third that stopped working unless you count the one with the bulb so <laughs> be cautious when buying these projectors is what I'm saying here there's multiple different kinds there's eight millimeter super eight millimeter dual projectors which will play both and then there's super eight sound and eight millimeter sound the sound projectors tend to go a little more expensive, but they're normally higher quality too because they came out in the 70s. If you're looking at shooting 8mm film, cameras are another thing. Most of them, the motors go out. But with shooting a film, there's very little film stocks that will work now. Unless you're buying brand new film stock, old stuff, they're just you can't find it anywhere to get developed. There's very specific film stocks that you can get developed if they're expired for a really high price, but nowhere for cheap. In sound film, you can't, it isn't made anymore at all, so you can't shoot sound. And nowhere develops old sound, sound, blah, 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 sound film. <laughs> um, there are ways if you really wanted to work for it. There are people, Zero Budget Film School is a good YouTube channel for this, that have developed their film in what's called caffeinol, which is coffee, soda crystals, vitamin C power. Powder, jeez. I can't speak when I'm talking to myself for 41 minutes. <laughs> they develop it in this powder and it comes out, it looks kind of the film looks kind of golden you can't really do it for color it's more for 35 millimeter film but if you just for some reason you need to get your expired film developed that's the way to do it look up the results they vary you can have one film turn out great one it's completely black it just depends on how you do it zero budget film school is also pretty funny so, you'll, you'll laugh while you watch his videos. His caffeinol recipes, when he develops his film, never turns out right, but at least he always figures out what he did wrong and he says how to actually do it. I'm going to talk about one more thing before I go. i got to watch John Wick 2 before I return it to the rental store. <laughs> Is... A movie that I watched recently on a car trip. I watched it actually right before a scary movie. Horror of Dracula, or sometimes it's just called the Christopher Lee Dracula, because you guessed it, it's a Dracula movie with Christopher Lee. No, this is also called the British Dracula, too. It's the first Dracula Hammer movie. Hammer is a company that remade all the classic Universal series, and they turned them into franchises. This is the first Hammer movie I've seen, and I really, really like it. It's it's like Dracula, but it's modern enough to where it's not too old, but it also has a classic feeling to it because it's 1958. Um, I feel like it's a perfect bridge for someone who wants to watch old movies, but it's also like, ew, black and white? That's disgusting. So, <laughs> it's color, it's sound... But it's also, it's got a classic feeling to it. Von Helsing in this movie, he is cool. 
in the older movies from the 30s, he's just like, oh, his, this is a vampire. You must kill him. Or in this movie, he's just awesome. <laughs> they re... Uh, they, it's not a remake. It's more of like a reimagining. It's not word for word, scene for scene. It is the basic idea of Dracula's vampire. Guy goes to work for Dracula. Dracula turns out to be evil. They don't show Dracula a lot in this movie, but they don't really need to. There's some scenes that aren't in the original movie. There's some scenes that are, but different. And there's a lot more vampires in this movie. So when you're not seeing Dracula, you're seeing the other people who he's bitten that have turned into vampires. So there's still a lot of action there. The version I watched was in color, but a lot of times with these older movies, there's a black and white version out there. Uh, I guess just be careful. I don't know if there is one. But look out, I guess. <laughs> I know there's a lot of sequels for these that I'm going to have to watch, but I don't think I'm going to watch them until I finish the Universal movies. Because, well, this is a topic for another time, but I'm trying to watch the Universal movies starting with Phantom of the Opera. I'm going to watch every one of them in order of when they come out. When they came out. They're not still coming out. But, um... My brain hurt. <laughs> wow. I'm blanking. See, this is a sign I should stop. I'm going to stop you real soon. My dog is outside of my door. I can hear him. I started with Phantom of the Opera. The last one I watched was Bride of Frankenstein. I'm going to talk about that in the future. But that's really all I have planned for this episode. There's a few other topics, but I'm running out of steam. I'm going crazy and my throat's starting to hurt. I'm thinking next podcast I'll have a guest, but I don't know. I should have mentioned that in the beginning, but I do plan on... Whack! Okay, <laughs> sorry. I do plan on having guests in the future. I have two people who have already said they'd be on. If you know me in real life and you'd like to come on, let me know. It might happen. I just want to have an episode or two to get the hang of it. Just to see how podcasting goes for me. But there will be a guest in the future. I mean, don't take my word on it. I never own up to that, but... I'm pretty sure there will be. Anyway... I hope you've enjoyed. Share this with your friends. Share this with your grandma, your uncle. If you enjoyed this and you're watching on YouTube, like, subscribe, smash the notification bell. If you're listening to this on SoundCloud, then um, I don't know what you do on there. If you're listening to this on iTunes, write a review. I will read your review in the podcast. Unless, you, unless you're mean. I don't know, maybe I still will. But I'm hoping this is on iTunes. I don't know yet. If you're listening to this on iTunes, obviously it is. If you're not, go check. <laughs> I don't know. You have to send in an application. But I hope you enjoyed. And that is all for today.